When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode ooh, 68. Is this episode 68 of the Blathering or episode 69? Don't say it. Don't say it. Giggity. Uh, I think it's 68. Hey, everybody. I'm Ken Apsock. This is the Blathering. Man. We're back. We took a, a week off and plan on it. In fact, I, I, I was like going to record last week because I was here. I didn't leave for San Diego Comic-Con until Thursday. But you try planning for San Diego Comic-Con uh, during a week and not start drinking heavily and getting stressed and continue to do your podcast. I'm here, everybody. I'm here, and we're going to go to some places here today. One of the things I do want to talk about, we're going to uh, get to it here shortly, but I guess we can call this a tease, uh, is uh, I am I, uh, recording for... First, I'll say this. If you're just watching The Blathering, this is what I do. It's, it's called The Blathering, and that ain't a lie, kids. I am recording this one on a Monday night because I'm out on a Tuesday night. That's normally when I record. Then I release it to my Patreon supporters first. Hi, Patreon supporters. You're the best. Uh, sign up and go to that merch tier. Get that Hope t-shirt there. Uh, then I release it to the public on Wednesday. I still think that might be the case, but I had to record early. Had to record on a Monday night. And uh, oh, I think it's Wednesday. We got the big UFO hearings. And I wanted to get into that, some of that stuff. And I'm excited. And I'm going to watch when I can or watch what I can. That's my uh, solemn promise, my oath to you all. And we are close to finally uh, doing, I think I might even be doing it Friday evening, the Mysteries and Unexplained Blathering Edition. If you don't know, I, I had a show and then, and then a segment on Saturday Night Napsack, my long-running podcast over the last couple of years, uh, called Mysteries and the Unexplained, hosted by the wonderful Nolan Guthrie. Kind of a satire, kind of a parody, kind of a, just a, a thing to have some fun with over this, uh, this, uh, these topics that I, I, I am fascinated with. And that's key. I am fascinated with them. Uh, but I want to do a blathering version, which is me, and it's a little bit more real, and I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. I want to talk about it. What's in the sky? I have a story I've told here again, but I'll go. I'll talk about it again. I got some friends with some stories. I got listeners with some stories, and I want to get to it. And I'm excited about that. And, I, and I'm one of the reasons I'm definitely exciting, uh, excited about doing it, but also think I need to, is some other people I know with some bigger shows than mine are starting to get into the alien stuff, and they're going to steal all the they're going to steal all the views from me. What can I say? What can I say? So I want to get in the game that I actually was in before they were. You know what I mean? Like I was doing this stuff a while ago and, and now, now I'm late. That's how it works, I think. Um, but, but on my way to that, we've been talking about aliens here the last couple of weeks, off and on. Almost to the point where the blathering, which is supposed to be at times a serious show about things going on in the world. And we still got strikes going on. We still got the uh, war in the Ukraine. Uh, we have got uh, um, uh, Ron DeSantis on a anti-woke uh, uh, you know, tyrannical uh, rampage down in Florida. Uh, we got all these things to, to deal with. But I do think aliens definitely factor into it because in the past it's been fun. But now I got some thoughts on it that are slightly different. Now I got some thoughts, some things I've ruminated on, and I think it's important to talk about. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, but I uh, just want to uh, say thanks uh, to anyone who came out to the show, who was there, who I met in person. 
uh, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we had the show Thursday night, the Mark Ellison Friends show. I think this is like the fifth year running we've done the show. And it was a, an amazing, perhaps the best one yet. Uh, an amazing night. Every comic just killed. And I had to say, I was very proud of myself. I had one of my best sets. And I and I feel it. And, and it's rare for me to say that, uh, you know, because I just loathe everything I do, including what I've said three minutes and 52 seconds into this show. So let's get to it. I'll start here with the alien thing. I love it. I'm obsessed with it all. I think it's great. I'm also obsessed with the people uh, who, who believe or the people who've seen or the people who believe what they believe, whether it's true or not, they believe it. And I don't think everyone has uh, malicious intent with that. Um, I had a you know weird thing happen in 2000, 2001. I still remember it. I'm not making that up. And I still want to know. I got friends that don't do that. I also enjoy the idea the thought behind let's remove the stigma of discussing these kind of things. I think that's a good thing. I think that's about voice, about agency, about uh, asking, hey, what was that? And, and am I weird for, you know, keeping that for 20 years and I saw that and I don't know and I feel weird or shame about that? I think it's very easy to hear something and shame people. I always joke that, you know, uh, why is it always the, you know, the country bumpkins that see the aliens and, uh, you know, we all spent generations making fun of them, right? And that's not right. That's not fair. A little class warfare, if you ask me. Why, and, and then we should ask, well, the bigger question is, we should ask, why aren't the aliens visiting the rich people? Why has Jeff Bezos seen an alien in his little cock rocket ship? He hasn't. Uh, why are the, so why are the aliens choosing to find the, the good salt-of-the-earth people? Well, we don't know their voting records, but the salt-of-the-earth people that, uh, you know, work hard, get up, and make an honest living, you know? Maybe the aliens are onto something we should listen. But uh, I also want to be honest about where I'm at. Um, with all the recent news going back, I'll say, to even 2017 with that uh, uh, story, I think the New York Times, it came out of a secret government project, uh, secret government program, uh, sometimes referred to as ATIP, sometimes OSAP or OSWAP or OS, a lot of A's. They got to shorten these names. The aerodynamic team of searchers for the truth of aliens in our universe, otherwise known as they got to fix that shit. Uh, but that was that 2017 story, Leslie Kane, uh, the lead writer on that story. And uh, that kind of confirmed the, the Tic Tac, the go fast video, a, a military pilot seeing this thing. We got pilots for decades seeing things. We got Roswell. We got all these things. And, and, and I love it all. I want to hear more of it. And I, too, have been on this train of like, okay, I'm listening. And now it's worked its way up to these hearings. But along the way, we got ancient alien shows. I am a watcher. I'll say even a fan. I don't know how much I will be going forward, but I'm still going to probably watch, I have to admit, uh, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Silly little show. Brandon Fugel, real estate tycoon uh, in, in Utah, buys Skinwalker Ranch secretly, by the way, uh, and then uh, reveal, uh, guess what? It's me. I bought it from Robert Bigelow, the man who uh, spent 20 years researching paranormal activity on this Haunted Ranch out in Utah. I bought it. Now we're going to re research it ourselves, and we're going to have a TV show about it. I watch it. I watch it. I'm still going to watch. They have a spinoff show. I'm watching. I watch Big Expedition, Expedition Bigfoot. I talk about Bigfoot with my friends. I'm still going to do that. 
I'll say right now, if you are a rich person out there ready to fund a Bigfoot search team, let me know. I might be interested. If you're Brandon Fugel and you want me to visit Skinwalker Ranch because I'm a skeptic, invite me. I'll fly in your $6 million helicopter. I'll say the prayers. I'll sign the waiver and I'll go there. I'm interested. I do think answers, clarity, transparency are important words. Things we want out of our government. Things we haven't already gotten. Sometimes it might be for our own protection, our own safety, our own paranoia levels. Again, I've said this is a small comparison. As, as a former director of public safety, sometimes knowing that we are asking you to leave because the mall might explode uh, is information that we're going to hold until we really need to tell you. Otherwise, we're just going to have you leave now. Uh, it's swamp gas. Please go. Right? I, because if you were to say there's a bomb, it's like a fire in a theater call. Mass hysteria, paranoia, uh, unneeded death and destruction might emerge. So maybe the government sometimes is like, oh, yeah, in 1947, aliens came down and said, you're next, and we're just kind of, it's been 60-plus years of trying to deal with this, you know? 60, 70, 70, 70 I don't, I, I'm a podcaster, not a mathematician. Uh, so maybe that's part of it, too. But you can muddy the waters. And there, as we have seen the last few years, facts are often tossed aside. Uh, the clicks, the article titles, uh, the algorithmic viral nature of how we receive information can sometimes dominate over truth, facts, and what actually is going on. I'm a big person uh, for the idea of personal themes. What in your life, what's the theme of some of your actions, the reasons behind some of your actions, and how can you use that to better yourself, to understand yourself on a deeper level? Uh, to confirm some good things about you and to challenge some tough things about you. I think that's an important thing. Uh, and, and I think all that factors into what's going on here. I'll, I'll go back even to a degree, uh, going back a few degrees of, of, of something I've said before about my views. And this is my views. And I'm an asshole with a beard and a branded hat. Buy my uh, Team Zog hats on my Stream Element store. I'm an asshole with a view, and it's just one view. I have a tendency to be a little loud and, you know, fun sort of finger wagginess on this show. But I want anyone to listen to know, anyone, anyone listening to know that I, I'm here to respect your point of view, unless it's, uh, you know, the Nazi point of view or an anti-woke point of view or a uh, point of view that props up power at the cost of those who are powerless. Uh, that's where we can have some discussions about what I think about you. But in general... Everyone walking around and everyone listening to this show right now are good folks or trying to be or want to be or just living their lives and have some, hey, I have an alien story from 2003. That's interesting. So I kind of believe. And I think that's why a lot of people come to this issue. So I don't want to mean to have this come off too strong to you personally who's watching or listening. But conspiracy theories, though fun, are often, and, and, and sometimes, again, there's shadowy things that happen. Totally admit that. Totally understand that. Totally know that. But what do I always say in general here? Conspiracy theories are generally used in a large way, in a small way, sometimes in a personal way, to hide truths, to have us not engage with the truths of the situation. Do I think aliens built the pyramids? No. Do I want to hear why you think they did? Yes. But at the end of the day, I think the concept of aliens built the pyramids hides the fact 
that rich, powerful people built them on the backs of slaves. And that's something we need to know more about, right? Or that's something we need to understand. I'm generally surface level sweeping through it. If you have a lot of thoughts about the pyramids, post them below. I'm not here to fight you on it. I'm not here to accuse you of being a racist. I'm not here to accuse you of being a classist. I'm not here to accuse you of anything other than say, that's the problem I personally have with conspiracy theory thinking in general. It can come to dangerous heads. COVID being one of them. COVID, a very real thing, took very real lives of people I very really know. Really? Real now? I, I actually know. You know what I mean. It was real. People were affected. People are still getting it. How it happened, I think that's fair questions. Uh, is the, this method of trying to prevent it to, uh, totally effective? Fair question. Again, we have a uh, natural intrinsic ability to find reasons to distrust our government. That's what we have here. Uh, totally, totally. But uh, a lot of experts in a lot of fields related to uh, pandemic uh, uh, viruses and all that wonderful thing come out and say, hey, here's what we got right now. Here's where we're going. And I say, uh, if you form a wall of conspiracies between that and the solutions or the potential solutions to the problems at the cost of other people's lives, at the cost of other people's health, you lack the empathy to understand the true nature of the problem. That's where I go with that kind of stuff. But to dial it back a little bit to the, this, this fun concept of aliens, by the way. Uh, I'm, again, recording this before the hearing that's supposed to happen, I think, on Wednesday. And guess what? They could bring out an alien in a casket and be like, gotcha. Look at this. It's real. An alien could be, uh, could be there. He could, someone could whip off a human mask, you whip off his egger suit, and you'd be a big giant alien bug. And this podcast will become completely wrong and outdated fast. I I would love to be wrong about aliens, and and a lot of smarter people than me will say, well, it's a it's kind of a mathematic impossibility that there you know isn't uh, other intelligent life out there. This galaxy being so big, and we you know don't really we don't really know what's out there, right? I can get all that. Get all that. I want to be open to it. I want to explore, which is why I want to hear your stories. But with what's what's going on right now, this is this is how I got to this, and I got to here fast. I've been saying on the show for weeks that I can't wait for the hearing. I, I'm listening to uh, this David Gorsh guy, the, the the whistleblower. I'm he, I'm I'm watching his interviews. I'm curious. I'd love to know. I'm seeing shows. I'm people seeing people doing uh, live shot talking head bits on on news shows. Uh, Lou Elizondo, uh, this uh, reporter Leslie Kane, all these, uh, all these folks, all these, all these names that keep popping up. I watch the Skinwalker Ranch show, right? Dr. Travis Taylor, all these folks. I see these names out there, and I'm listening. Why shouldn't I trust them? They they have uh, resumes that are impressive, resumes that beg for your respect for their credibility. I'm interested. I'm listening. I'm here for it. Well, now we got the government's attention in, in a major way, in a way we have never had before. And again, if there's a giant flying saucer coming to downtown LA to blow it up like Independence Day, we can't rely on Randy Quaid anymore to save us, if we could at all, ever. So I'd like to know. And I'm not going to be on the top of a downtown LA building holding up any signs. I'm going to run, just so we know. I'm not going to run like Jason Aldean, uh, but I'm going to run. Uh, 
Um, I was told, I was a, a, a bunch of friends of mine are interested in this stuff too. And one of them called me Friday while I was at San Diego Comic-Con and said, hey, I hear you like alien stuff too. We haven't talked in a while. I was like, yeah, I do. I, I want to be clear. I, I don't think they're real. I think the I'm waiting to find out. The truth is out there. I'd love to find out, but I don't think there are aliens. Or at least anyone who's talking right now to me has no proof of aliens. Um, UFOs, UAPs, something we don't understand? Sure. But we are to the point now where no one listens to that. That, uh, that pilot up in space... Uh, or, or, you know, flying up there thinks he sees something from a galaxy far, far away. But, you know, I don't know. It's a Chinese weather balloon. Like, like, we're, 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 we're moving past the reality of these kind of claims to automatically take them to the full degree of, of they're here. But this friend suggested a, a doc that was, uh, I think it's a Nat Geo's doc. I don't know where it originally aired. It's, it's new, um, but it's currently, for me, on, on Disney+. Plus. And I was like, okay. I'm sorry, I don't mean to promote uh, a struck company right now, but that's where I watched it, okay? And I still want anyone who makes the these uh, shows uh, to get paid their worth uh, for making them and me watching them. Uh, it's a five-part doc series. It's pretty fascinating. It's got all these names that I've just mentioned and more, and it goes into a lot of weird stories. It goes into a lot of actual accounts. This incident, I think, what, 2019, Chicago O'Hare, airport, uh, the one in 1967 of um, uh, aliens shutting down on some of our nukes at a station and pilots seeing this. And of course, it goes into the, the Tic Tac, the Go Fast video, uh, the uh, Alex Dietrich, uh, 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 Colin Underwood and, and, and uh, David Ferver. I didn't write any of these names down. You guys know what I do in the blather. The Navy pilots or the, yeah, I think Navy, right? Our Marine pilots, pilots in our militaries, uh, seeing these videos, taking these videos. What are they? Uh, Tom DeLong, Blink-182, his, his organization helps get these things confirmed. All the, tw- the, the story in 2017. His doc goes into all of it. Goes into Democratic Senator Harry Reid, who's since passed away. Uh, did some good things in his career. Uh, I think uh, instrumental in uh, getting uh, like Obamacare passed, all those kind of things. I don't know his record in depth. Uh, from Nevada. And uh, he, uh, in around 2008, uh, got $22 million of funding for this uh, government program uh, to, uh, you know, I don't know, search the skies. Unclear. There's a lot of details in this. Um, this doc kind of positions uh, Harry Reid as, as, as kind of a hero, uh, someone in a, in a legit figure of the government, and, and he was. Long time, long time government official, an elected official. And this program kind of gave some... Um, Credibility. Well, one of the former directors of the program, Lou Elizondo, he's out there speaking. He's got this nice little soul patch there. It looks like he served in the military, uh, served our country many decades, and he was part of this and this and that. And it all sounded great. And my, my friend was telling me on the phone, you, you, I'm on the opposite side of you, Ken. You don't think there's aliens and you want proof. I think they're already here. We already know. And this hearing on Wednesday is going to prove all this and it's going to go. And by the way, after watching that doc, I was like, I, you know what? He might be right. He might be right. He might be right. But along the way, that was uh, Friday night I got the phone call. Sunday I get home, excuse me, Saturday I get home from San Diego Comic-Con. Only went for a couple days this year. 
And a little exhausted, a little tired. Grace was doing her thing recovery. And I said, you know, gonna, what was that? What was that doc he was talking about? And I watched it. I watched the first two parts. Sunday, I watched the last three parts. And my friend did say, it, it goes quick. You, you sit down and watch it. You, you get through it fast. And I did. And I did. It was fascinating. So the uh, incident, uh, Chicago O'Hare uh, Airport incident, uh, which I, I, I believe I am going to type as I talk, uh, I think was 2018. Uh, there was, uh, long story short, uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of people, excuse me, I said 2019, 2006 Chicago uh, O'Hare incident. I apologize for that. Some people will probably be screaming at me while I'm talking. Um, hmm. So this happens in 2006. There's, there's telephone, uh, radio kind of communication on record. Uh, people reporting this. Uh, Sue from this tower calls uh, Dave and Dwight at this tower. Hey, everyone here at uh, Concourse uh, 17, Charlie 17, we all saw like a disc in the sky. And it wasn't one person. It was a bunch of people, maintenance crew, pilot, you name it. They saw it, right? And pretty fascinating. And to, to my knowledge, I don't know if that's answered. Some people say, well, it's this particular cloud formation and everything, you know. But, I, you know, we don't want to go with the... the, the uh, uh, Professor Hynek's swamp gas uh, um, explanation too soon. I, 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 so I wanted to watch some more videos about this. So I, was, I, I went to YouTube and, and searched that, and I watched watched a couple. And through that, my algorithm algorithm recommends uh, the New York Post show, The Basement Office. It's been around for a number of years. It just it I hadn't seen it, so I apologize to all involved. I only discovered it now. The man behind it is a uh, reporter, investigative journalist for the New York Post, named Stephen Greenstreet. Middle of Mayhem is his Twitter handle. Excuse me, his X handle. I haven't followed him elsewhere yet. Uh, this show uh, has been, like I said, on for years, and I haven't gone back and listened to or watched a lot of the uh, older episodes on YouTube, uh, but he is someone who has his own sighting story, I believe, and in somewhere around 2003, um, uh, kind of was a, a fervent uh, defender of the ideas that UFOs are here, or that these sightings need to be taken seriously, blah, 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 blah. And, and you know what, I... I, I, again, respect all that, but he's uh, subtly, and then quite suddenly, it would seem, changed over the years. Um, and now, with all this stuff going on since 2017 on and, and, and the last couple of years on, he's become a self-described skeptic. And from that vantage point, again, a skeptic is not someone that's tossing it all out the window. I, I think it's a good faith position to be like, um, I'm listening. What you got? What you got? And this is where my problem has been with the the uh, the whistleblower guy, official whistleblower who's gone in there, and Marco Rubio and Karen Gillibrand have talked about it, heard the stories. They're part of the hearing. They called for this hearing. It's all I'm here. Whistleblowers are very can be very important figures in the, in history. But every interview he's given, and it's mostly on News Nation. I'm telling you, it's, it's, he's just going, I've been told. I've been told. I haven't seen, but I can tell you for a fact it's real because I've been told. And that's all that we've known now. This hearing might bring out more. What he said, his testimony might be more. And again, some of you out there will be like, well, Ken, da, 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 da. I'm with you. I'm with you. But because of that, uh, uh, Stephen Greenstreet kind of has done a little more digging. And I'm not here. You watch it. Watch it for yourself. And I, look, I don't know, you know, I know a lot, a lot of people in the UFO community hate this guy now. I can tell because I retweeted uh, his tweet promoting 
these series. It's been playing for the last year. It began, this series began on the basement office with a video called The UFO Lie, Shocking Truth of Pentagon ASWAP, uh, ASWAP program. Uh, that leads into him going into more in depth on the Skinwalker Ranch with an episode uh, titled Skinwalker Ranch Part 1, UFOs, Bigfoot, Robert Bigelow, NIDS, which is the uh, program Robert Bigelow started himself after he bought Skin- Skinwalker Ranch in 1996, uh, uh, after uh, a family had bought the ranch from the family that had owned it since 1933, and suddenly within a month of owning it, this family was like, whoa, we're being harassed by UFOs. So Robert Bigelow... Uh, this millionaire, you know, those millionaires turn billionaires with time on their hands and hobbies, which they should have. We all should have hobbies. He buys the ranch. Woo. Allegedly, in the entire 20 years he owned the ranch, he was on it for 50 minutes total. I can't confirm that, but that's one of the stories out there. Sets up a team with a bunch of scientists, types and scientists. Some more legit than others. Some, you're like Yuri Geller and Hal Putoff, who... I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have some interesting thoughts out there. I'm not here to disparage anyone's opinions, thoughts, and beliefs. But, you know, bending spoons, mind reading, these are the men who stare at goats. And they studied and studied in a lot of journals from, uh, I forget his name, but the French uh, kind of scientist that Spielberg based uh, his French scientist in, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind on. They documented... Nothing. We've been here weeks. Nothing. We've been here months. Nothing. We've been here years. Nothing. And it just goes on and on and on. So Skinwalker Ranch has a lot of history attached to it. But a lot of it, that's the reality of it. Um, decades of a family, generations of family living there with nothing. One family shows up in the 1990s and says, oh, UFOs are harassing us. Our cows are being mutilated. There's legit news stories about that. Not here to judge or doubt them, but that leads to Bigelow. That leads to this myth. That leads to where we are now, Utah, business, real estate tycoon. Brandon Fugel buys it, now has a show that I watch. It's fascinating. It's also very silly, but still fascinating. And to me, I'm not here to promote uh, reality TV that skirts paid actors and paid writers, Reality TV, uh, especially after it became larger post the 2007-2008 WGA strike, is uh, a workaround on paying um, labor what they're worth. But I also like reality shows, and we're all complicated humans. It's a great show. It's great TV, because I watch every week. Grace and I watch every week, and we've watched for now. I think we're in the fourth season. The finale's this week. I'm, I'm excited for the finale. But Stephen Greenstreet put together... With measured, I think at times dispassionate, at times a little passion, but he put together a measured takedown and a little bit of an expose of all of it. And this place, this mystical, magical Skinwalker Ranch, does tie to the hearing a lot of you are excited for on Wednesday morning. This is where it kind of all began. This is where one government official in 2007 claims he visited after hearing these things, after knowing Robert Bigelow was working with a team on discovering things there. In 2007 or so, he goes, he claims to see something. Who are you or who are I to say he didn't, but he claims to see it. He goes to Harry Reid. Harry Reid is interested, kind of believes in aliens. Goes and gets funding. 
$22 million of your and my taxpayer dollars to start up a government program. By the way, I don't have a problem with government using our taxes uh, to have programs that help us or benefit us or research things. It's just the nature of the beast. There's so many uh, programs out there that I don't know enough to be mad. Program launches. This is the A-swap, A-swap, if you will. Sometimes referred as A-tip, but that's a nickname. Wasn't the official title. Uh, they go out, they, they get this program, they put it out to bid. One company bids on it. Not other companies. One company bids on it and wins the $22 million government contract. It is a company founded by Robert Biggs. And uh, the company's called Bass, B-A-S-S. B-A-A-S-S, like Bigelow, Ariel, and uh, it, 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 they all they got these really silly names that sound more important than they are. But this Bigelow company wins the contract. What do they do with this $22 million? Well, they uh, bring in some top dogs. They hire about 50 people. And they go to Skinwalker Ranch, which Bigelow at this time still loves, owns. And they spend the next four or five years studying Skinwalker Ranch. Not for UFOs, not just for UFOs. But they also study werewolves and uh, a dino beaver, um, poltergeists and portals and all these things. And look, I'm not here to say any of that isn't real. I, I think the dino beaver might not be real. A lot of it is tied to um, Native American lore. Uh, a lot of this, uh, a lot of the energy and, 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 and the spiritual feelings out there might be tied to the... Uh, Native American indigenous tribe, the Utes, and the uh, pain and suffering and a lot of the uh, mistreatment that they received, at not just the government, but the, the Mormon and the Mormon religious settlers out in that area specifically. Who knows? I live with someone who identifies as a witch, as a Wiccan, who um, spends a lot of time researching the science of the things she believes in. Um, I've experienced some things uh, with uh, her and her, her, her Reiki abilities that I can't explain. It's one incident that I have that I, early on in her, uh, her Reiki career that I, I, would, I can't explain it. Um, oh, so I want to be clear. Not here to disparage any of that. But $22 million of your taxpayer dollars were out there searching for werewolves. This was never really said publicly. Uh, Harry Reid and the, his uh, staff put together the proposal for this program to uh, research what our enemies might have, the other texts that might be available to our uh, potential enemies in the, in the in the future up to, you know, 2050. Like, what kind of rocket ships might we be fighting there? See, this is for our safety. And again, look, I've become very uh, liberal and progressive over the years. You all know that. Harry Reid's a Democrat. Power lies where power lies. People love to use the fear that we all have to get the things they want to ensure their power and get their money to their buddies. And I do follow the thought, not to necessarily its conclusion, but I do follow the thought of a lot of this big push and government interest in the last couple of years with what's going on in the skies might have to do with a new frontier of fear. 
I know I sound like a conspiracy theory myself. But I've talked about it before, and I'm there for that. I'm there for that idea and that conversation. I would say uh, there are countries that are threats to us now, uh, more uh, direct and real threats than UFOs or UAPs or little green men or greys coming down. I'd say uh, we got to do what we can to help Ukraine, Ukraine stand strong against Putin. Um, as that still goes on. But as the world, uh, in a weird way, comes more together with the countries that are still able to be together, I've had more conversations with people in the UK or Europe, New Zealand, Australia, in the last couple weeks over social media or the WhatsApp or just texting at high rates, but texting, than I have had in years. The world is closer. We're all closer. The borders are still there, but the the borders are a little old and a little rickety. So as the world comes together and you're in a position of power, why not stoke some fears that the great threat might now be from beyond? And we need to have programs to study it. And we're seeing things and hearing things. And let's uh, uh, give me more power to get more money to keep studying this. And then the studies, as with this Harry Reid-led uh, program, not led, he, you know, Bigelow and his team led it. Um. They studied uh, Skinwalker Ranch and found nothing or found very little. And eventually in 2012, the program was uh, defunded. It was defunded in 2010, but by 2012, the funds ran out. And despite efforts by many other people, it was uh, shuttered and um, went away. Another program, um, another a long name uh, acronym that um, you know goes on and on and on, has started in its place. This is a bipartisan effort. Hey, I like that. Marco Rubio. Normally I'd spit on his name, but him and Karen Gillibrand. I like her. They're working on this program together. I think they're both part of this here, and I don't know. Can't wait to find out. But what starts to emerge? This is to the point here. This is truly the blather. What starts to emerge? I don't have all the details, and I want you to go watch it. I want you to go watch the series. Because... Uh, what ends up happening is is uh, Stephen uh, Greenstreet goes, he, he is a, a former Mormon himself. Uh, he goes to uh, Utah to, uh, he, he asks Brandon Fugel if he can go on as a skeptic. Though someone who has had a UFO-based show on New York Post uh, YouTube channel and podcast feed for a while and done his own work, can I go on? I want to. I want experience what's there. Skinwalker Ranch again. You're telling me something there. I want to figure it out. They say yes, but Brandon Fugel says, "Come spend the day with me." It's a fast, especially if you watch the show Skinwalker Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And and and, and two things really start to emerge. Most of the people involved with this, and I, I don't know about Robert Bigelow, but I'll find that out. Um, they're all connected to the Mormon church. Uh, church of uh, Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. Uh, I'm someone who still um, believes in uh, God, believes in uh, the concept there of Jesus. You guys have heard me struggle or come, try to uh, uh, come to terms with where I am with all that right now, but I still believe in that stuff. I'm not here to cast aside anyone's uh, specific beliefs. I personally think uh, Mormonism is uh, officially to be classified as a cult. 
Um, that might rub other people the wrong way. You might throw some tomatoes at me. Um, whatever. That's what I think. It's also pretty wild beliefs. Is it any more wild than just straight up normal Christianity, son of God, miracle birth? Eh, no, you're probably right about that too. Um, but as we all question that, and, and that's been questioned a lot, I'm sure. The Bible, the validity of the Bible's been questioned. We got, we got John, uh, we got Joseph Smith, John Joseph Smith. We got Brigham Young. We got, uh, you know, the three prophets come down. We got the untold stories. We got, uh, uh, there's a lot of things going on there uh, in, in, in Mormonism, including that the Native Americans were actually part of an ancient civilization cast off to uh, North America, skin turned brown to uh, because they were bad. Uh, Jesus needed to punish them, and there's a lot of things like that. And there's a lot of things about kind of unnamed planets, a thin veil protecting it all, alien ships, portals. That's the heart of a lot of Mormonism. So you have Brandon Fugel, you have all the people around him on the farm, have something to do with the Mormon church, have something to do with him. Uh, then you bring in uh, uh, other characters like Travis Taylor, who is what he sa says he is in terms of his education and his doctorate and his, and his uh, master's degrees and all those kind of things. But he's uh, on camera saying some weird things, including there's a clip of him saying years ago that one of his areas of study is alien invasion and how to defend against it. Which, by the way, I'm not uh, mocking that. I'd love to hear <laughs> just to be prepared. He, uh, Brandon Fugel, um, who's an interesting, dynamic, charismatic cat himself. Like I said, if they were to invite me, and hopefully Grace, because she likes us too, if they were to invite us to Skinwalker Ranch, tomorrow I'd pack up and go. You just have to question all the connections. You just have to question where it's all going. And where is it going? They bought the ranch from Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow was a big regular and routine financial supporter of Harry Reid. They're both from Nevada. Harry Reid gets his $22 million. There's no other bidders. No other bidders. Go straight to Robert Bigelow. He gets all that money. His organization gets all that money. And out of this emerges this cast of characters as well. A lot of the names, I don't have them all written down in front of me, but they're in these videos. They're in these reports. They're on the pictures. Uh, the George Knapps, the Leslie Cates, uh, the uh, Lou Elizondos, the David Gorsh whistleblowers. They're all connected. They have some legit credentials, legit careers, longtime reporters, military men, jobs of uh, high, uh, high import but they're all on the circuit for the alien circuit. They're all in photos together. They um, all know each other. And a lot of the, the names and the people coming forward that you all want to hear, they're all kind of the same. They're all kind of connected. And what was at the center of it was, what is at the center of the credibility is Harry Reid's belief that there's aliens out there through his religion. And he found like-minded people. He funded this. And out of that comes where we are right now. 
Ah, you're saying. What about the pilots? What about the incidents? What about the things in the sky we can't explain? A lot of it has been explained. And here's what I said, and this is what I was thinking before I even saw this investigative series. Especially with, like I, I talked about with a whistleblower. All those pilots. I have never been, I've never, the, the tic-tac video footage is interesting. I have never been on the side of aliens. Never been on the side of some craft from the worlds beyond. Do I have the exact answer for it? Uh, no. Most people don't. And it's through that little crack, uh, sleeps into doubt, where suddenly, boom, now it, you have to almost treat it as fact. It's an alien craft. It's the tic-tac craft. It's not... Not necessarily the case, but they tell the same story over and over and over. Not a lot of other details. The whistleblower keeps saying publicly again, we'll wait to see what emerges, but the same story. And we know that it's not him. He was told. Uh, the job title of Lou Elizondo, former director of ATIP, is not exactly true. Not exactly right. The show, Skinwalker Ranch, is without a doubt edited. Without a doubt. What I've been saying. Things that are happening. Things that they're claiming. Injuries, illnesses, things in the sky. They have the state attorney general coming out claiming there's helicopters flying. Why are there military black helicopters flying in the sky? I'm going to find out about it. They never actually do. They never actually call the CDC because there's a weird illness that people get when they go to one particular spot of the ranch. They never actually seek out why there were black helicopters. We see a lot of things we can't explain. But it's never really clear. It's never truly corroborated. It's never what it actually seems. And this keeps happening. Time and time again. Does not mean we have an answer for everything. But we all want to believe this. We all want to accept this. And this has been, because why wouldn't you? It's sexy. Aliens show up tomorrow. That's been some, we've been telling stories about that for decades upon decades upon decades. Star Wars fan. I love that. Luke Skywalker's out there, man. But it all keeps building up and it funnels into the same problem we've been having the last few years that allows people in power to continue to rise. It allows demagogues to get into office. It allows the money to stay in the hands of those with the money. It allows people to abuse their power and our tax dollars to search uh, for things like dino beavers. It's the same muscle to me. You see a story for the New York Times that covers 3% 3% of, uh, of the article uh, actually uh, you know, is actually covering what this government program was or what actually is being said. It's 97% of, of, of what actually happened. Uh, now I'm talking about the search for werewolves and ring race and skinwalkers. That wasn't covered because why would you? Alien, alien abduction claims, not covered because why would you? Because no one would believe it. That's no difference to me. No different to me than believe in those inflammatory 
headlines that go around the world like that and the speed of light around the world. Spreading destruction, ensuring people in power stay in power and spreading lies and spreading fear. It's the same muscle to me. And that's where, for the last few months, I've went from a guy who's like, yeah, I think I saw something. To, uh, tell me your story. I want to hear it. To, to it, it was starting to not feel right to me. But what was going on? Not in a conspiratory way, but just there's something that's tying into what the, the world's been experiencing in the last few years. And this is it. And I saw this, this docuseries, Stephen Green Street. And it's done in such a measured, factual, honest, direct way. I admit there's always, he, he, he might, does he have an ax to grind? Maybe. doesn't seem like it starts out that way. But as more and more people get angry at him, maybe he's doing what he can to prove what he knows. Or to prove what you don't know. Should every, uh, this doc series on Disney Plus that I watched, it's so convincing. I did find it weird, though, that a lot of the people, Chris Mellon, all these people seem connected. John Podesta, they're all, they're writing forwards for each other's books. And then uh, they're also like consulting producers. Leslie Kane, the New York Times reporter who's been chasing UFO stories for 20 years. She's an executive producer of this doc. Uh, about that. All I'm saying is it all kind of uh, coalesced in me over the last couple of days. I want to believe. I'm here to listen to your stories. I want to hear them. We are going to launch that show here on this network, and we're going to we're going to have some fun with it, and not in a way that's uh, fun, uh, making fun of you or belittling your story. I want to hear about it. And in the next couple of weeks, government hearings bring forth irrefutable proof that there's crashed alien ships being stored in warehouses and studied here on our country. And I guess you'd have to assume the rest of the world. I'm here for it. It's not an I told you so situation. Right now I'm in the, in the watch what you believe in situation. And watch Maybe more importantly, who you're believing. Because the lies spread faster than the truth. And that's where I'm at. That said, bring on the aliens. All right. Be right back after this. All right, we're still in uh, strike mode around these parts. Uh, and it's um, Strike Venus, uh, uh, SAG, AFTRA, and WGA. And there's just another thing that kind of hit me uh, this weekend here, too. Uh, we talked about it on Four Center this week. We're doing now what we call Other Center Shows. Uh, the reason for that is, is the three of us, Joseph, Jennifer, and myself, have decided that, yeah, Four Center's not going to... Um, promote unintentionally or intentionally um, the work of a struck company, even though that work um, has and will again inspire us greatly and mean a lot to us. Uh, I believe this strike will be over eventually, but I do think it's a long one. But we came to the decision for ourselves and just a lot of interesting conversations this week I had about um, people's views on that. I'll say this. If you have a pop culture YouTube podcast, a YouTube show or podcast or reaction channel, and it's how you make your money, 
and it's something you love doing. And you aren't in SAG, and you aren't in SAG after, and you aren't in WGA. And and um, by the way, this all ramped up when SAG after got into it, uh, into the strike. It was different when WGA was on strike because actors were still on set and actors were still having to go out and promote stuff. And and then the, they joined the strike line, and it was like enough. DGA probably a lot of DGA members wish they were there, but their union, their guild, their uh, their uh, team did something a little different there. There's been this big discussion of what to do with these pop culture shows. Four centers had it too. This is how we make some of our money. Not all of it. It's how we make some of our money in life. And we can't just stop that. We Four Center can't go dark for the length of the strike. That would bury us. It'd be gone. We'd never come back. When we don't want that to be the case. Maybe one day Four Center will end, but now's not the time. So it is with a lot of other channels out there, a lot of friends of mine. This is how they make their living. So how do you find a way around that? And there has not been a lot of clarity from SAG-AFTRA specifically because WJ, again, was going for a while here. But SAG enters the fight, and it's like, hey, we got to hold the line. Don't promote this stuff. Don't talk about this stuff. Don't go on shows. Podcasts, stop doing this. YouTube channels, stop doing that. Even if you're not in the union, especially if you want to be in the union, but even if you're not in the union and just want to support what we're about, hey, don't do this. Don't do this. But emerged, uh, emerging from that was the thought that, hey, you could, there's, there's some ways to do it and to do it right. There was also some straight up confusion. You have some union members saying, no, promote the work, watch the work. We need to show the producers, the studios that, hey, people want to watch. We need some of that pie. We are the labor that makes this possible. Don't you see that? And I personally, so no one calls me hypocrite. When uh, the next Star Wars TV show emerges in a couple weeks, I'm watching it. I'm not talking about it, but I'm watching it. And that is a full picture of the actual situation. But what emerged was this conversation by some of, you can do it. No one's going to catch you. There's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And the letter of the law says, you're okay. Keep doing this. And... That rubbed me the wrong way. It's rubbed me the wrong way. People are confusing. Life is complicated. There's a lot of people out there on the picket lines doing the hard work on 100-degree weather. And they're also tweeting memes of Barbie and Oppenheimer, which I would argue promotes those films. Maybe me even saying those names to promote those films. I don't need to be that stringent with it. I don't really care that they do, but it's a weird moral gray area that a lot of people seem to live in. And then there's those, again, that look at the letter of the law and say, I, if I don't follow the letter of the law, I will be gone. And I need to find another way to make a living. And I don't think personally that that's fair for those people and those creators. No, they should do continue find the right way for them. But there's some who've been approaching it with this disregard for the fight. A lot of the friends I know who are continuing to cover some of these shows and putting disclaimers before and still talking about the issues of the strike are just that. They're in this complicated, confused place in their soul because they want to do what's right, but to do what's right could also cost them their houses. So that doesn't seem right. And there seems to be a path in front of them, the right way to do it. So they're choosing that path. And even then they're not certain about it. That's honest and that's truth. And I've had those conversations with friends, especially in San Diego. I, I'm doing this. And he, we, even us at Forsen are like, we're doing this for now. Will, will we get more guidance? 
Maybe we can talk about an older movie. Maybe we can uh, do an in-depth dive of this. Problem is, we aren't for, at Force Center just simply reviewers. We are not just simply influencers. We are a little bit of both, and we are fans. Um, so if you're just a fan podcast, you might be able to live in a world where you can talk about the things. If you're uh, influencers under contract, you might be able to. If you're reviewers, that might be your job to provide that analysis. And it's all good, but for us, we're not we're not any of those, one of those things. We're all of those things. But then I have these folks that I know that are just, they couldn't give a damn. They couldn't give a damn about the actual issue, about the actual fight, the labor fight. The labor, the powerless fighting, the powerful. I don't care about the fight. These are also people that consider uh, a lot of the content too political. I had that conversation. I had it again and again and again. I had that with someone close to me recently. They'd said, you know, I, I like reading books. Reading books are my favorite things. But I, I found that since, I don't know, like 2000, that a lot of authors just put their agendas in the stories. There's always, I'm reading, I'm enjoying the books, and all of a sudden there's just something that's their agenda. And it used to never be like that. I had to stop them and I politely, with love, called bullshit on that. As you've all heard me say, words matter, art has meaning, art has purpose, and most, I would say all art is political. Because even the art that doesn't say something is taking a stand. That's the stand. They don't care the issues, they don't want to address the issues, that's political in and of itself. We have to, and if there's anyone in your life that feels this way, you need to call them on that bullshit. Not in an angry way, I didn't do it in an angry way. I was having a conversation with some friends lately, uh, uh, recently, talking about uh, freeways and the expansion of the freeways and in, 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 in the building of our uh, freeways here in America in the 1950s under Eisenhower. I think that something is needed. Uh, that's something that was about uh, connecting us. Uh, I think a lot of it, some of it has to do with uh, bigger you know, military industrial complex type of things and how uh, big oil and cars and all those kind of things, but also... I would argue it's needed, right? And that's just sometimes the way of the world. We live in this uh, gray area. That's why I appreciate space sagas that don't live in gray areas as much that focus on the morality of issues. Um, but that was, uh, uh, excuse me, to take it back. And I used to scoff at the notion that freeways were racist, right? That kind of emerged. Remember a couple of years ago that was going around and the people were like, oh, they're rolling their eyes. Now, now freeways are racist. But then when you hear the stories... You, you understand what that means. All of it is complicated, but a lot of these freeways were um, built through uh, communities, communities of color, predominantly communities of color, but also beyond even just freeways are racist, they're a little bit classist. Uh, poor white farmers, a lot of people losing property, eminent domain, which I'm sure the government's always buying your property at fair market value during eminent domain situations. I'm sure. That's just some of the facts of the convoluted, convoluted complicated history of it. Uh, there's the red lighting. There's how uh, post-war America was built. It was built by corporations pushing us into corners, separating the power uh, uh, from the those uh, who would, you know, benefit from any kind of, uh, not power, but any kind of help. Um, I like driving my cars. Love getting in a car, hitting the open road. 
but also, um, you know, I'm starting to see the effects of a city, Los Angeles, that's not built with uh, uh, walking or mass uh, transit in mind. It's built with big car and big oil in mind because that's what was happening post-war America. So you find all these stories and you find out, all right, the idea of freeways or racists are necessarily 100% true or correct, but there's a lot to that that you need to understand. And so I was telling this person in this conversation that, but also said, to your point that uh, art wasn't political or art didn't have agendas prior to 2000, the year 2000, uh, it's bullshit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? whimsical animated slash live action movie, right? Bob Zemeckis putting out this fun movie with uh, Roger Rabbit and his sexy wife, Jessica Rabbit, and that diabolical Christopher Lloyd. It's about this kind of stuff. It's a political movie. You just missed it. The example I always give of the X-Men, it's a story of civil rights, but you missed it. Anytime, and I do mean this with 100% uh, intent here, anytime someone tells you, ugh, stories are so political, they've missed every story that they've heard, read, seen, listened to, taken in before. It's often with songs. I don't know why people miss the, the, the meaning of arts, but I understand it because I did too. I didn't pay attention to this stuff as much. My dislike of the prequels in 99, 2002, 2005 has dissipated and gone away to the point where I will defend those movies probably with even a fist punch to your face at a bar if I'm drunk enough. Once I realized they were saying things, political things, important things about demagogues using fear to get into positions of power or office, a dem a dem democracies were, were, were taken, not defeated how organizations that uh, separate themselves from their true, true intentions crumble from within and often because of fears and how a, a good boy can turn evil and how it comes from a good spot. So once I saw that, it wasn't that I just, ah, now the movies, I kind of like them. These movies kind of tremendously important to me. Art has meaning. Art has meaning. Artists have things that they're saying. And, you know, sometimes it's not great things. But it always does. I didn't get mad. Didn't get mad. But I told this person, you're wrong. You're wrong. Since the dawn of time, people used art and entertainment to communicate their thoughts and their opinions and their perspectives on the world. Plays, books, movies, TV shows, songs political. We all laugh at those folks, those uh, Republican senatorial candidates that use Rage Against Machines songs in their campaigns. And Rage Against Machines says, thank you, no. And people go, oh, now Rage Against Machines political? Like, we laugh at that. But that keeps happening. And so that factors back into this, what the strike thing, it, it shows deciding to go on. If you're wrestling with what to do, with your YouTube pop culture channel because there's a strike going on and all the content you covered is stopped and the people making the content have asked you to stop covering the content or at least covering it in a certain way, but you still need to continue for your own valid reasons. If you're wrestling with it, I can engage with you. And even if you decide to go cover it in some way, 
I understand where you're coming from. But there's so many people out there who do not give a damn. They have found their way around the rules. These are also the people that will tell you, oh, that space saga is so woke now. That post-apocalyptic view of the future robot series has gone all feminist and woke now. They are in those... Um, genres of uh, pop culture pundits. Watch them. Watch who they are. Be wary of them. Be wary of who you're investing your time in. I will never get the views of those folks. I will never get the views of those folks. Um, but I will not stand for them as they continue to slip slide down the moral slide, the moral waterfall. The moral water park ride. And I'm not doing it right. And never, never want to sound like I'm the one who's doing it perfect. Um, on the day the strike took effect, I, I, I was pretty grumpy. I, had some, I, I have some issues with SAG. I've seen what they do to some folks. I've seen what they do to some folks in my own house. I've, I, I think sometimes SAG, SAG after, which that merger itself was problematic. WJ, I think I've seen some things that have affected friends of mine negatively. Um, that was one of the big points that George Lucas had in his prequel series. He's someone who fought the unions, but he wasn't saying that unions need to go. He was just saying unions need to do what is right by those they claim to protect or they become the powerful organizations that they claim that they're fighting, right? That, that's the way it happens. And I express some of those opinions too. I'm in a, I'm in a complicated spot over some of it. I, 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 I am watching views and money go away, but I'm not going to change off of it. I'm uh, not going to change of it. Because I think once you see, once you connect to the themes of life and to your own personal themes and you see what's in your heart, uh, once you connect to what you want to be there and what you think is there, um, you can't go back on that. I really don't think you can. I really don't think you can. <sighs> Final fun note. I drank so much at San Diego Comic-Con that I can still feel it in my throat. And this is why I stick with rum and diets. I get made fun of. Rum and diet or rum and coke. I go diet for taste reasons. Regular coke, a little too sugary for me. Dominates the rum and, rum and coke. I go rum and diets. And I get a lot of weird looks. Behind the counter with the bartender, those near me. But here's what I'll say. I had some folks hung over. Friends of mine dealing with, oh, too much last night. And I was up and ready to go. Friday at Comic-Con, I started drinking at 1 o'clock. I didn't finish till like midnight. Now, kids, I don't recommend that. Um, drink responsibly. But it was fun. I cut loose and had fun. A lot of fun being around people. Uh, that in this post-COVID world becomes even more important. I'm not, I don't feel the need to be friends with everyone that I used to be friends with. I don't need, uh, feel the need to connect with everyone around me. But I got to connect with those people that matter. And that's important to me. Connect with me on Patreon, threads, do all the things. All right, we'll see you. Bye.